This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to another edition of Making Mount Rushmore here on the Pop Experience. I am your host slash moderator and panelist for this episode, Steve Riddle. Uh, it is the last episode of 2023. It's been a really good year. We've had a lot of uh, great topics to talk about, including uh, what's been a kind of a running theme through this uh, year, the overrated, underrated series, which will come to a uh, to an end this uh, this episode. I might bring it back next, you know, in the future periodically. Uh, but that's, you know, for some for me to decide another date. Uh, I, of course, only have um, – it is only a two-man booth today. I do have just one guest with me. Um, he has been on before. Um, last time, actually, he was um, with us in the last episode mainly as a um, – by proxy, he just submitted a list but did not come on. But he has he is on here today. Um, like I said, he's been on before that you've heard him. Uh, you can usually hear him over on the 24-inch podcast as well as being a normal uh, contributor of Cronoso over on the North-South Connection podcast. It is Mr. Steve Bennett. Steve, how are you, sir? Hey, now. How are you tonight, Steve? Listen, I've been on since Andy was the host, and a couple things I want to mention. One is, I know the last time I did this show, I did it because my dear friend Calvin uh, asked if I would do it so we could be on a podcast together. So I just wanted to remember him um, in this moment. Rest in peace, Calvin. We miss you here at Place to Be Nation. Uh, always this time of the year, I think about it most because we do our gift exchange. And one, the first year Calvin was in it, and then the second year he wasn't. And he had come to me on the side and said, you know, I would love to be in it. I just can't afford it this year. So the whole nation rallied together, and we bought him a new Amazon Fire and a memory card for it and a bunch of stuff. Um, and he was just so happy. Um, and he was happy the night that we did this podcast together because um, for whatever reason that was important to him. Uh, and I was glad about that. That's first. Second, I uh, want to congratulate you on taking the show over from Andy. You've done a great job with it. Um, unfortunately, Mondays were an issue for me before. They no longer are. So hopefully in 2024, um, I'll be able to contribute more here and there and beyond because I do like the spirit of this show. That's number two. Now, number three is the important thing. Um, I am on this show uh, topic unaware. I did not know what the topic was when I agreed to be on this show. And the reason is for that is I had submitted a list to the last show. I took some time with it. I wrote some nice um, nice blurbs about the people I was nominating. And I also tried to get some different names in the mix. I tried not to go chalky. I figured there'd be, you know, some guitarists that would be on most lists, some singers. Tried to bring a different spin to it. So... It goes up. I'm all excited. I listen to it. And we get to the first round of, of names. And I think the first name thrown out is like Mick Jagger. Totally fair pick. You know, he's been in the Rolling Stones for 50 plus years. One of the great rock and roll frontmen of all time. And then the second pick is, you know, I don't remember exactly. Someone from the 70s. Let's say it was Robert Plant. Whatever. Someone like that. Another perfectly fair pick. And then you get to me. And my pick that you announced is Sebastian Bach, who debuted in rock and roll on the Skid Row, Skid Row album that was released in 1989. And you go, uh, yeah, just so everybody knows, Steve is old. 
he's really old, and that's why this list is the way it is, probably. That's probably why he uh, announced this guy, because he's old, and also he's old. And I don't know if you know about his balls, but those are old, too. And he's old and old and old. And I was just sitting there like, how old does this guy think I am? First of all, you guys pick guys that sang Fred Flintstone was at their first concerts. I bring a guy who's a more contemporary on, and suddenly I'm the old guy. And I'm just sitting in my kitchen. My wife's laughing at me, okay, which isn't good because I try to portray to her an aura of the guy she met 19 so I could still get laid because if it was based on me being 43, it might be tougher. So I try to, you know, slip the hair back and, and maintain a young image with her. And no, it's old, 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 old. I heard the word old so many times. I thought we were playing the card game Old Maid or something. Oh, man, it was a beating for me. So I had to come back here today and just say to everyone, look it, I'm 43 years old. If that's old to you, fine. But I want it to be known that the other two jabronis who were on the show last week aren't much younger than that and had much older lists than I did. So I'm just going to leave it at that, Steve. I'm, I'm pleased to be on with you, but I had to first give you a quick smack for some of those old comments last night, and now we can move on. <laughs> uh, well, I do. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, most of my picks were of the older, the older variety, too, because, I mean, I am 38, so I'm not that far off of you. Um, I mean, if anybody, if I, if I was going to make fun of anybody for being old, it would have been, uh, it would have been Andy, because uh, he's obviously, I think he's the oldest of, uh, of all of us, and that included. And um, I mean, we went to different high schools together, me and you. Like, we're in high school at the same time, based on the age difference, essentially. So, right, yeah. No, but no, it's, it's, it's all good. Um, just real Real quick, um, you mentioned you mentioned Calvin. Yes, he is still yes. well missed to this day. I did. Do, I had the honor to do at least one uh, Mount Rushmore with him. Um, it was about a uh, TV and movie dad, so that was really fun. He was a very cool guy, and he is still um, he is still missed sorely to this day. So um, I do. I want to back you up on that one. So um, yeah, a very dear friend of mine. Uh, we got really close. Um, as you know, I think we both sometimes viewed ourselves as place to be nation outsiders to a certain degree and we bonded in that way and um yeah i said what i had to say about him i love him and i miss him and he's, he's here with us doing this one i'm sure if he was still with us he'd be in person but since he's not he's from the beyond uh and i'm sure his list is terrific so mm -hmm. shows for calvin Yep, it is. Um, so, um, like I said, we are. I am kind of. We are concluding the uh, underrated, overrated series that I've been doing through this um, through this year. Uh, I, of course, did um, had done songs, did musicians and bands. I did films, and now we're going to close it out here by talking underrated and overrated TV shows. Um, obviously, there's you know many different TV shows that many find underrated and overrated. Um, obviously, myself and and Steve have our own picks, and we're going to go ahead and start off with the underrated TV shows uh, here on the A Block. Um, again, basically shows that maybe um, don't get the love that they should. Maybe they're just kind of personal favorites of ours um, that maybe not others um, think about all the time. But obviously, I'm thinking we're going to have some pretty good choices here. So, um, Steve, why don't you go ahead and give us the first entry on your Mount Rushmore of underrated TV shows? All right, I'm a big TV show guy. Um, I love TV shows. Uh, I have a lot of sets, you know, uh, show sets. And I also prefer the underrated. I'll talk about why when we get to overrated. But um, I got, I think, a nice list here. And the first show is one that has been my favorite show 
1983 when I was three years old. It's never not been my favorite show. People ask me sometimes, they're like, you still watch that show? And I'll be like, still, I never stopped watching that show. Uh, my daughter, who's seven, is a huge fan. Um, and we collect uh, the toys and merchandise of this show together as a hobby. Um, and to me, it's the greatest show of all time, um, with Sopranos a close second. Uh, Sopranos properly rated, though, as one of the great shows of all time. This one, wildly underrated, and that is the A-Team. Mm -hmm. uh, star, star George Papard, uh, Mr. T, Dirk Benedict, and Dwight Schultz. Um, it's a man show. Uh, and so much so that they chased the women that the network would hire off because they wanted it to be a man show. Uh, there was uh, a uh, a known set jealousy between Mr. T and George Papard because George Papard looked at himself as a real actor, you know, coming from his film background um, in Breakfast at Tiffany's and Carpetbaggers and other films and looked at Mr. T as more of a novelty. But it was no secret that Mr. T made more than him. Uh, which caused a problem on the set sometimes. But when the camera rolled, there was no doubting their um, chemistry. Um, and the show is silly. Uh, the show is five seasons, although if you ask me, it's four. Um, if you buy the box set, you can take five out and throw it in the trash. Uh, they decided to get like serious and uh, five stinks. Uh, it's not the real show to me. The first four seasons is the show. Um, it's one of those shows you, you don't, it, it, there's no, you can watch any episode at any point. They're, they're basically one hour movies. Um, and Stephen J. Cano, rest in peace, is the creator. And to me, it's, it's the great, great show of all time. It will be uh, like the Karate Kid will always be my favorite movie. The 18 will always be my favorite show. And of course, for wrestling fans, great wrestling crossover. Of course, with Mr. T being in the first two WrestleManias. And season four has a great wrestling episode called Body Slam. Uh, which features Hulk Hogan and many other wrestlers as well, including the British Bulldogs, the Steamboat, um, and uh, Corporal Kirshner, uh, and a few others as well. So the A-Team is my first one on my list. Yeah, this is a good good pick. Um, I know, I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, you can argue that the A-Team during that period in the mid-'80s was like one of the hottest shows on television. Um you know, ever you know, it was just so highly regarded. It was well, you know, high ratings. Um, you mentioned, of course, you know, Mr. T coming into to wrestling. You know, being part of the first two WrestleManias, getting that crossover done. Um, is yeah, I mean, just when you think of the when you think of like great '80s TV shows, this is always one of those ones I think a lot of people think about first. Legendary um, theme, legendary theme, which is important for that era. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you always so. you always remember you always remember that opening narration uh, at yeah. the beginning of every show. Um, I haven't seen a ton of episodes. I have seen I have seen a couple of them, um, and I, I and I do remember. Of course, they did the um, the movie in 2010, which yeah, it stinks. That stinks. Too. Yeah, it's it's, it's not yeah. the it's not that good. Um, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, I think it's um, but yeah, I know when, when people think of the A team, they definitely remember the show, and they do do remember it for how huge it was, um, in the mid in the mid eighties and the crossover with um, that Mr. T had with wrestling. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely a very good pick. One um, other A team note: it has uh, it debuted in a coveted time slot after a Super Bowl. Um, so it debuted mm -hmm. after the Redskins and Raiders Super Bowl. Um, in the early 80s, I think uh, January of 83. 
I think. Um, but it debuted after, uh, you know, after a Super Bowl, so which is mm-hmm. a huge spot, especially then for a TV show like that. You don't get a better lead in than the Super Bowl for sure. And uh, and back then it was huge. So started off with a bang after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that is definitely a very coveted spot. So uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and give uh, my first entry here, and um, we're actually going to stick with the '80s because this show also had its prime run during that during that time frame. Um, and it's a show that, again, I think doesn't get talked about enough, specifically for being kind of the building block of a um, of a very uh, of a network. Um, and we're actually going to go um, to our good friends north of the border of Canada because that's where this show um, got its start. Um, and I did go with the show. Um, you can't do that on television. Um, for those that may not be familiar with it, it's basically, as I kind of like to call it, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live for kids. Um, it was basically, you know, like a sketch comedy. Um, kids were like the main characters. Um, like I said, started in um, started in Canada in '79 as a um, as a local uh, show, um, but in '81 it was feature- It started becoming featured on the brand new network uh, Nickelodeon, and it was really kind of one of the first shows that really helped build that network. Um, throughout the 80s as it started kind of gaining its identity um, as a as a kids only net, as a kids only network um, had a really good run throughout the 80s like I said it, it introduced everyone to um, you know the green slime which became which would become Nickelodeon's trademark um, it was one of the first um, first um, exposures for uh, for future singer Alanis Morissette um, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, did did come to an end in the ninety in uh, ninety, um, and and it kind of, kind of fell out of rotation. Um, it happened throughout the early part of the decade, but then kind of fell out of rotation. And now the episodes are kind of hard to find. Um, I do think some of the first season um is on Paramount Plus right now, um, but I think like I said, it's definitely one of those shows that um, I don't think gets enough credit for being such a um important influence um. In helping Nickelodeon grow, and I um, mean, even though it was definitely, um, you know, I think it was kind of poorly written, but I think that was part of the whole, um, the nature of the show is that it was, you know, that it was supposed to be like that, and um, and again, just kind of like I said, just served as a good building block for uh, for Nickelodeon and helped it grow throughout the '80s. So I definitely think um, it deserves a lot more credit than it sometimes than I think it sometimes gets. So, um, did you have anything else to say about you can't do that on television? Yeah, I watched it as a kid on Nickelodeon for sure. Uh, I remember watching it, you know, with Double Dare and some of the other shows that were on in that era on Nickelodeon. Had a lot of laughs watching it. It's got a ton of episodes. I think about like 150 episodes of the show. I think they did 10 seasons. And then there was a one-off um, in 2004 um, uh, that was like bloopers and uh, band scenes and things like that. So that was kind of cool. I think it was called Project 131. Um, mm-hmm. You can check that out too if you're looking for something uh, more like a recap. Good way to tip your feet in. But yeah, legendary show. And I think, again, one that really fits fits the theme. It certainly is underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us the next entry on your Mount Rushmore of underrated TV shows? All right. Uh, next for me is a show about a lawyer. Uh, who moves home from the city after catching uh, his wife with the mailman and um, starts his practice in the local bowling alley, uh, which he buys. It debuted in, in 2000, 
and ran four seasons. It never quite got the audience it deserved, uh, but I give credit to NBC for hanging in there with it. It's an incredible show called Ed, uh, starring Tom Cavanaugh, Julie Bowen. Um, and Julie Bowen is, is Ed's uh, love interest in the show called Carol Vetsy. And she's so beautiful and so hot in the show. Um, and um, it's such a great small town America. You know, this goofy premise of the lawyer working out of the bowling alley. Um, and unfortunately, what happened to this show First of all, dual ownership between multiple studios. And second, it was movie, or excuse me, music heavy in an era before they secured the rights for future media. Um, so it's never really surfaced on streaming or um, on DVD even. It never got a DVD release when all the shows are coming out. And it was always because they didn't have the license to the music and there was too much music. and Neither studio who had partial ownership of it wanted to claim responsibility for that. So it's kind of a show that's gotten lost in history a little bit. Um, it ran from 2000 to 2004. Like I said, 84 episodes. But it, it since it was a shorter run, it never had a downside. Um, it had its fastball all the way through the show. Um, and it's brilliant. And I found a guy on the internet once who ripped it off for me and sent me the DVDs. So I do have. Uh, the collection here um and uh yeah i love it i'll always love it and i miss it and i hope since it seems like in the last four or five years some of the other shows that ran into the music problem like freaking geeks and some others have, we have found a way to figure it out uh, and hopefully i come can too and we'll get a second life and streaming somehow mm-hmm. yeah uh, i can say i'm i don't think i'm that familiar with this show i may have seen it periodically um when it was first on the air i know that um my mom liked to watch a lot of like the like she was like a big nbc watcher so i'm sure at one point she had it on you know was watching it um because i know it like started on sunday then kind of found its you know kind of found its spot on wednesdays um it was kind of definitely right in that little sweet spot like after seinfeld ended after um you know friends was you know hitting its peak so i think it was um i'm pretty sure you know i'm NBC was trying to find its next big hit. Um, yep. So, I mean, it does sound like, you know, it does I mean just looking at this, you know, cast, it's got some pretty good, you know, good stars in here. Uh, they had some pretty big names come in as guest appearances. And I wouldn't be surprised, um, like you said, if they do end up, you know, figuring out everything that's, um, that we don't see it on um, Peacock here shortly. Yeah, fingers crossed. It, it's really good. It really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I will go ahead and uh, give my next entry on my Mount Rushmore of underrated TV shows. And this is another one. I'm actually going uh, back to Nickelodeon, this time to the 90s. Um, and a show that, um, that was kind of nestled in right in that mid-90s era, particularly um, you know, coming off when the Nicktoons started um, with you know Doug, Rugrats, Ren, and Stimpy. And then you kind of have that little like, glut in the middle there right before um, SpongeBob came out at the end of the decade. And... Um, and this show I always loved. I thought it was extremely funny. It was really well written. Um, some funny characters. And that's Rocco's Modern Life. Um, you know, you have this this thing, up, you know, the story about this uh, this wallaby who's trying to just sort of, you know, good through life with his friends, um, uh, Heifer and uh, and Philbert, um, while also dealing with other characters around, uh, around O-Town. Um, again, just really well written. Um, it was so funny. There's some really good jokes in it. Um, you know, a very um kind of more 
adult humor than you would probably expect in a in a kids show like that. Um, again, it only ran it only ran for four seasons, um, from '93 to '96. We did have that one uh, re that one kind of like reboot um, a couple of years ago for Netflix, um, but I think it's definitely again one of those um, those TV shows and those cartoons that um, when you ask a lot of people what they remember about that time period, this is one I think they definitely um, will remember very highly. Um, and again, it just kind of, I wish it had a little bit of a longer run. Um, but I think, uh, maybe it is kind of good that we got to, um, if, you know, it, it lasted as long as it did, um, for the, for the time frame um, at that period. So, um, did you have anything to say about Rocco's Modern Life? I missed it. I mean, I was 13 when it debuted. So at that point, I think probably the last cartoon I had watched was He-Man. Um, I, I don't know it. It looks funny. Um, I would check it out, but I, I didn't know it then. I missed it. I was, you know, I was playing on two hockey teams at this point, and um, all I cared about was hockey and wrestling in life in 1993. So, <laughs> no offense to Rocco, it just wasn't hockey or wrestling. Right. No. Yeah. Like I said, even though it was kind of, it was technically a Nick tune, I think it definitely, you can, I think, there was some material in there that kind of geared more towards like, you know, like young, like, you know, kind of older kids and like young teenagers, kind of like that little sweet spot that you were in. So um, I definitely think, I definitely think you would like it. Yeah. It says dark comedy. Um, So yeah, I'll look it up. I will check it out just for you, Steve. All right. All right. My my next one is from the creators of the wire. Um, you know, The Wire, one of the great shows of all time. Again, one that I feel is properly rated, um, you know, often named as one of the the best shows of all time. This one um, wasn't the hit. Well, The Wire was never really a hit either. But um, this one, it just doesn't get the acclaim it does, but it is great. It's called Treme. Um, it's about the rebuilding of the heart and souls of New Orleans uh, post-Katrina. It's a post-Katrina drama. It takes place in the city. We see how they're rebuilding, how they're dealing with life. Um, uh, John Goodman um, is is one of the original stars um, who doesn't make it through. No spoilers, though. Um, and Wendell Pierce, uh, Clark Peters are some of the Wire, uh, former Wire cast members that are on this show. Uh, look, at I'm a Saints guy. I've been a Saints fan since I was uh, seven years old. And I love New Orleans. I've been there about as much as any American city there is outside of the one I live in. I love being there as a visitor. Uh, It's too hot for me to live. I can never live there, but I like to visit in the fall or the winter. Um, And I couldn't wait for it to start and I wasn't disappointed. There's a, there's a lot of culture in it, you know, a lot of music and art and things that make New Orleans, New Orleans. And the writing is great, just like the wire. Um, And it's an easy thing to get through. It's 38 episodes. You know, four seasons, um, you know, of about eight each. I know season four, uh, they offered uh, David Simon a half a loaf, as he put it, to finish finish it off and to close off the series. So the fourth season, I think, is only four or five episodes. Uh, but it's a really great drama, lots of great twists and turns. My only complaint, and it's a David Simon complaint I have in general, and I actually argued with him about it on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, this show should have ended with the same Super Bowl parade. 
you know, the Saints winning the Super Bowl in 2010, February of 2010, uh, did essentially end the Katrina rebuild era in New Orleans, you know, and it should have ended with it. But David Simon, unfortunately, isn't a sports guy. If you remember, the wire takes place in Baltimore and there's barely a Ravens jersey in the whole season and the whole five seasons of the wire. So he's not a sports guy. He doesn't think that sports has the impact on a city that I do. I think he's completely foolish in that. I think it absolutely should have ended with the Saints Super Bowl parade. Um, parades are a big part of this show. Um, he went a different way, so I disagree with him there. That's fine. Uh, but Treme is great. It's worth your time, and it's easy. Uh, you can be done with it in a month if you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another one that I don't think I'm that familiar with, so I'll definitely have to take a look into it. Um, I do agree with you about, you know, sports victories being very influential for for cities. I mean, I live in um, I live in Vegas, and when the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup this year, um, that was a huge deal for the city. So, um, so I definitely yeah. I, I mean, I'm, the I'm, Saints the Saints winning the Super Bowl in New Orleans. You don't have to be a fan to know that that's like one of the three greatest things to ever happen in that city. You know, oh, and it happened yeah. and it happened right at the, you know, a week before Mardi Gras, you know, so Mardi Gras got to be an extra week that year. I mean, there's over a million people at the Saints parade. I mean, for David Simon to undermine the importance of that to me is ridiculous. Like I said, we fought a 30, 40 tweet back and forth fight about it on Twitter one time. Um, but so that's ridiculous. But it's a great it, it doesn't need that. It didn't need that. It just should have had that at the end. Would have been the perfect way to end it. That doesn't take away from the other, you know, 37 episodes and 55 minutes that were really great and really delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I'll have to um, definitely have to check it out. So on my uh, on my uh, short list of things to check out. So, um, OK, well, I'll go ahead and give uh, my next entry on my Mount Rushmore of underrated shows and. I, I might be kind of cheating about with this one because I know some people might find this show properly rated. I do think it does get a little bit underrated, um, considering it was on during you know a really you know good period there in the the late seventies, early ninety. I'm, I'm sorry, late eighties, early nineties, I should say. Um, when um, of course for me, I do remember the um, you know when you were growing up that period, you always remember uh, TJIF on a- on ABC, and of course mm-hmm. one of the big shows during that time during that uh, period was of course Full House. Um, Again, just a really good show. Um, you know, yeah, Bob Bob Saget was really funny as Danny Tanner. Um, yeah, John Stamos and David Coulier were, you know, great as his, you know, the ones helping him raise his daughters. Um, you know, Candace Cameron, Jody Sweeten, uh, eventually Mary Kate Ashley. Um, again, just really good writing in that show. Really good, um, you know, episodes. Uh, dealt with a lot of real topics um, that you. You know, never, that you don't normally see in sitcoms like that. Um, and like I said, you know, it had a really good run. It ran for eight seasons, um, 87 and 95. And then, of course, um, you had the um, the spinoff more recently, of course, Fuller House, uh, where all the where all the girls are grown up and they're kind of moved. They've kind of moved back in. Um, I do remember me, my mom, my sister, we binge watched like that first season of Fuller House um, a couple of years ago for uh, what we were kind of staying at my sister's house for Christmas. And. It actually surprisingly was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think they def- again they kind of you know played off the history of the sh- of the show and kind of made sure you know kind of kept you know everything going really well. And um, and again you know the uh, the TGIF you know lineup went through so many different changes over the years. Um, 
but I think when you get when you get down to it, you always remember those like core shows, um, you know, like this one, uh, Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, Family Matters yeah. yep, um, eventually, you know, other shows step like by you know, Step by Step, Step by Step, um, Boy Meets World, um, just to name a few. Um, there's so many, there are so many great ones, but um, but I do think for me the centerpiece of it will always be Full House. Um, so do you have anything else to say about Full House? Well, yeah, I have a lot to say. First of all, is it underrated? I don't know. I'll give it to you. I'm not sure it is, though. Um, here's what. I, here's the thing. My, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and one thing I hate about children her age and older is that they don't know anything that didn't happen five minutes ago. And when I had my daughter, I said, she's not going to be like that, especially culturally. I want her to know about things that happened before she was born. And we watch all kinds of 80s and 90s and sometimes even 70s, 2000s programming. And almost no show has hit with her harder than Full House has. Um, she watches Full House all the time and loves the show. So I just think it goes to show how well it's, how well it's held up and how the messages that were told on this show uh, are cross-generational. And this show, I think, will live forever. Um, rest in peace to Bob Saget, who, by the way, was one of the funniest, filthiest comedians of all time outside of this show. Um, and I got to see him do comedy a few times, and he's hilarious. He was the director of an underrated movie called Dirty Work, uh, starring Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang, um, which I would recommend checking out. Um, I have nothing but love for Full House. Uh, every episode ends with the, the little soft music coming in, the and a heart-to-heart between one of the guys and one of the girls. Uh, Jody Sweet was on crack for a little bit, but then she turned into a dime. So, shout out to Jody. Um, you know she's looking great these days. Uh, they put Aunt Becky in prison, uh, but she's paid her debt to society and she's she's back on the streets. Thank God. Uh, one of the all-time beautiful women in the history of entertainment. Shout out to Lori Laughlin. No, this is a great show. Is it underrated? I'm not sure, but I'm glad you mentioned it just so we could talk about it for a minute. It's great. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned about uh, Bob Saget because you know I, my memories of him always will be a Full House, and also when he hosted America's Funniest Home Videos right. in the early nineties. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he just seemed like this such this you know clean cut you know wholesome guy. And then when you go see his stand up, he's like the exact opposite of what you see on t on TV. It's just so it's so amazing. Um, but this just kind of shows um, shows his range as a comedian. So um, so yeah, definitely uh, he is he is sorely missed to this day so yeah rest in peace bob saget um, it's such a sad and weird death like he they think they theorize he hit his head on the on the back of the bed i, I don't even know but too bad because he he was he's great and he was great is great will always be great um so we'll miss you danny one of the all-time great cleaners too danny tanner kept the tidy mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. yep yeah. definitely Okay, well, why don't you go ahead and give us the last entry on your Mount Rushmore of underrated TV shows. All right, back to NBC. Um, and I knew your mother was a big NBC fan, so I, I have three or four NBC shows here, the A-Team. Add in my number four show, Parenthood, um, which is a family uh, drama with heart. Uh, a huge cast uh, surrounds a family called the Bravermans. Um, again, this is another show that its whole run is sort of fighting for audience, um, despite you know acclaim. The Seppenwalls and Feinbergs uh, all would speak very highly of this show. 
um, but it never quite got the it was never quite the hit that one of the shows on my overrated list was, and I'll talk more about why I put that on there uh, when we get to it, another NBC show. Uh, but this show is great. The Bravermans are great. A great cast. Lauren Graham, Dax Shepard, Monica Potter, Erica Christensen, uh, Peter Krause, uh, the uh, kid from Cobra Kai uh, made his debut here. Ray Romano was on a few seasons. Um, the Braverman family is one of the great families. My only gripe here, no spoilers, is that the patriarch dies too late into the series. Um, me and Justin, shout out to Justin Rosero. Uh, we argue back and forth about this. He thinks that they nailed it. I think that they uh, should have let go of Zeke a little earlier um, so that we could see how the family uh, survived a little bit without him. Uh, but that's a nitpick. It's great drama. And also, um, it takes place in San Francisco, and it is about a family of San Francisco liberals. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. That's not me. I'm certainly not that. But I'm always grateful that this show aired when it did. Uh, because if it was any later and got any further into the into the world that has somehow developed around us where everything is so political and politics is so important, like, even when you're buying sneakers or something, it's like, well, the, you know, the guy who sewed the stitches in this is, uh, you know, he's against abortion or something. So I got to buy that one. I don't know. It, all this silliness. I pray to God all the time that Parenthood missed that era because it could have easily, I think, fallen into those traps. Um, but instead, we get a very reasonable worldview from a from a California liberal family um, that I think represents. Uh, some of the great parts of what would make someone a liberal. I'm um, certainly very well-intentioned. Uh, there's nothing nefarious about these people. They're good people um, that are just going through the world with real shit happening to them. And it's all about how they navigate it. And the number one message is, uh, you know, and, and something very important to me as an Italian-American is that family is everything. And we are never stronger than we are when we're with our family. Um, that's the message of this show, family, 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 um, which apparently now is a conservative value. So there you go. But um, to me, it's it's great. The acting is great. The storytelling is great. And I'm grateful for all 103 episodes of this show. Truly, I feel, too, fits the, 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 fits the, the wording of underrated because it's just never quite found the audience it deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember this show being on the air, and I, again, have seen like a handful of episodes. Um, so I didn't realize that this was actually kind of a, um, I guess you can say like a loose reboot um, of the 89 yeah, the film of the same name. Yeah. And then they then they did a, 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 a like one season of it in 90 to 91 um, that Ron Howard did. And then they brought, you know, they asked him to come back for this new season, for this new, this new version. Um, it did have a good run, though. I mean, it lasted six seasons. Um, yeah. And it does, I mean, it, 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 like you said, we're kind of, you know, in that point there, like the, the turn of the decade where these new shows were trying to kind of get their footing. And we're almost kind of starting to kind of inch away from cable being like yep. you know, primary mm-hmm. for everybody. And everyone started, you know, that's when like streaming was really kind of starting to really get get hot. Um, it overlaps with like House of Cards and um, 
you know, Orange is the New Black, those early big streaming shows that overlapped with those, you know. But you mentioned it had a good run, but it was one of those shows that was always on the bubble. You know, every year it ended and you wondered, would it be back the next year? You know, so, I mean, it had a couple seasons where it didn't start till January, you know, where they made it like a mid-season replacement kind of a show, you know. So, it fought its way through, though, and, um, you know, will always be loved by those mm-hmm. who watched it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, I will go ahead and give uh, my last entry on my Mount Rushmore of uh, underrated TV shows. And again, we're, I, I do have another cartoon on here. And again, kind of similar to Rocco, um, where this show kind of fell between some bigger shows that came out around, you know, around that time. But I think um, when you take a step back, this show was very, um, very good in terms of like, again, the writing and given who was you know behind it, um, you, it's not hard not hard to understand why um and i went with king of the hill um you Mm. know started started in 97 and it had a really long run went 13 seasons until 2010 um it was one of kind of the um you know anchors of sunday nights you know obviously with you know on fox obviously with the simpsons um eventually with um with family guy and um and then kind of once you know other cartoons kind of came along you know like um, like american dad and you know other ones the king of the hill kind of got you know got shoved to the side a little bit um and uh, like i said almost kind of forgotten about but it's really well done um you know you let you know the family is really good to relate with with their problems um obviously mike judge you know great anime you know great you know creator of you know works obviously you know he was the guy who did beavis and butthead um Mm -hmm. and he um you know, I thought he really did a good job with this show. Um, it was, you know, had really good voice casting. Um, again, you related to the issues that these characters had. Um, and again, I think, you know, you kind of, I thought, I think a lot of people thought it was going to eventually be the spiritual successor for the Simpsons. Um, but then when the Simpsons just kept going and then, like I said, family guy came along, um, this show, I think kind of got, like I said, pushed to the back, pushed to the wayside. And then it just kind of, you know, eventually ended um, when it did. Although there is, um, I think there was a, uh, it was announced earlier this year, there was going to be a revival of it. Um, I don't know if it that's started yet, but we'll see how that goes. But I think, um, when you look back at that, you know, that time, you know, when it was out, um, that King of the Hill is still one of the best shows on on television at that time. So um, did you have anything else to say about King of the Hill? Yeah, King of the Hill always made me laugh. It stretched three decades, you know, it was in the 90s, 2000s, and then, you know, 2010 was the last season, I think. Um, yeah, it's a really funny show. Uh, always made me laugh. Um, I love Mike Judge, a great Stern Show guest. Uh, Stern would always bust his balls about how he signed his life away with Beavis and Butthead and didn't make any money off of it. So King of the Hill was his his retirement plan. But it was much better than that. A really funny show. Uh, Love the animation style. You know, kind of looks like an episode of Beavis and Butthead. You know, it's it's got that Mike Judge animation look to it. And yeah, great characters. Again, family, right? It's, it's at the heart of a lot of these shows. Um, family and friends. You know, it takes place in Texas. Sells propane. Good stuff. Good, good pick. I like the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, that will go ahead and wrap up our main list. But now we can go ahead and talk about any uh, honorable mentions that we haven't um, brought up yet. So um, I'll let you go ahead and just uh, kind of list off what you had on your honorable mentions. Yeah, I had a bunch. I'll run through real quick. The Ali G show, right? Everyone likes Borat and Bruno, but when it was a show on HBO, really, really funny. Uh, Terriers was an exception. 
FX, FX show, only got one season, should have been more. A really great uh, buddy police kind of movie uh, show. Uh, Chuck, another NBC vehicle, uh, good stuff there. The Larry Sanders show, to me, it's one of the, if you ask me to make a Mount Rushmore TV shows, uh, Larry Sanders would be on my short list of considerations. I don't, it is highly rated. I don't know if it's rated that high, though. Uh, the Norm Show, uh, Artie Lang and, and Norm McDonald together is, is brilliant. Uh, Banachek was another George Rapard show, uh, actually in the 70s, a um, private eye type show, hour and a half episodes, almost like mini movies, really good. Barney Miller, um, which was a cop show in the 70s, really great. Uh, the Americans, I'm not sure what how that's rated. One of the, maybe the best final season and final episode of any show I've ever loved. Shout out to the Americans. Halt and Catch Fire, a really underrated show about the growth of tech, tech in Texas in the 80s. And I mentioned it earlier, Freaks and Geeks, the greatest show of all time to only have one season. Um, Freaks and Geeks, another NBC vehicle as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good, some good picks there. Um, yeah, I feel like... Um... Dolly G show. If it wasn't for Borat, I feel like that character would have a little bit more have a little bit more legs in it. Um, I know you mentioned our buddy uh, JT Rosero. I know he loves the Americans, so I'm sure he'll be very happy that you um, that you did. Mention oh yeah, that we watched least. it together. We used to watch it together back in the day for sure. Yeah, and it's funny. I always thought Freaks and Geeks had more than one season because I always yeah. remember hear you know we always hear about it, but yeah, the fact that they only had one season um, is is kind of shocking. So, um, well, I. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I do have uh, I have a couple of other ones on me my um, honorable mentions. Not as many as yours, but I do have some here. Um, another uh, Nickelodeon show, kind of I think a little ahead of its time. Um, Are you afraid of the dark? Um, you know, part of the obviously the you know, kind of the anchor show for the uh, for the Snick lineup. Um, and that during that time frame, um, you didn't see a lot of like you know horror shows and you know kind of geared towards kids. So I think that was kind of a very unique show for its time. Um, Again, another show maybe not underrated. I know it is pretty loved, but um, the Wonder Years. Um, mm, I feel like the, Cooper. Yeah, I feel like that one still at times doesn't get the love that it deserves for, um, for how good it was. Um, um, definitely, and um, you know, f- you know, Fred Savage is um, kind of launched before uh, Boy Meets World, so, um, so he does have that. Um, another kind of interesting show, um, The Twilight Zone. Um, another kind of one of those shows that really yeah. make you really make you think. Um, it you know a lot of those ideas from the show kind of would span off into various movies and other TV shows. So I think that definitely deserves some uh, some love. And then I do have actually a trio of um, of Marvel shows. Two of them that I think ended way too soon, and one that I'm not sure about if if it's going to come back for a second season. But I definitely think it should. Um, but first, um, Agents of Shield and Agent Carter. Um, I feel like both of those shows never really got enough time to get the, you know, hit the ground running because I think they ended really, really early, particularly uh, Agent Carter, because that only lasted two seasons. Um, And then the last one I had um, in the same vein, uh, Miss Marvel, um, I know with the Marvels having recently released, I know a lot of people are not too high on that, but I haven't seen that film. I think she was definitely one of the highlights of it. And I would definitely like to see um, if they do end up giving her another season of the, of her show. So, um, so those were some of the ones that I had. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to say about those. Oh, glad you gave uh, twilight zone a shout out. It used to scare the piss out of me when I was a kid, but I always wanted to watch it anyway. Cause it was always so compelling. Just would always scare the piss out of me. Um, yeah, good choices there. There's, I think underrated. What I like about it is you, you like you're, sh- you're sharing a, like 
sharing. So it's always nice to just share something you like. I feel like, and all these shows that we mentioned. I mean, we mentioned them because, you know, they touched us in some way. Whether it be they're funny or they were, you know, uh, good family vehicles or whatever. But yeah, I, I probably could have picked five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten more too. Uh, but it's good we got a bunch of great shows out there and some good ideas for people streaming over the holidays if they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with that, we'll go ahead and uh, take a quick break here. Um, we talked, to, like you said, a lot of great TV shows here with our underrated ones. Um, but now when we come back from the, on the other side, we're going to uh, flip the script and talk about some shows that we think um, might be overrated. Uh, so this is Making Mount Rushmore here on The Pop Experience, and we will see you on the other side of this, well, commercial break. back on uh, making Mount Rushmore here on the pop experience. I am Steve Rill alongside Steve Bennett. We are talking uh, TV shows on this episode here. We uh, in the last half did our underrated TV shows and now we're going to flip the script and talk about TV shows that we think are overrated. Uh, these of course can be TV shows that you know that's are like beloved by a lot of pe- by a lot of people that we may think just don't deserve it. Um, maybe they're not they haven't their shows that have not held up very well over the years um, or for a variety of reasons why we think they may be overrated so i will go ahead and get started here with one that i think is right at the top of uh shows that are overrated um i do not think it holds up really well um even though it was arguably one of the hottest shows on nbc when it was out um and that's of course the show friends um you know obviously you know rest in peace matthew perry who just you know he just lost recently um i know that you know there was such a great outpouring for love for him, which is definitely well-deserved. But this is a show that I remember it was when it was on, because, again, I mentioned my, my mom. She loved this show. Um, and I I never could get into it when it was on the air. Um, it did have a good run. Um, it lasted 10 seasons. Um, it was kind of right in that spot there, right as um, you know Seinfeld was starting to kind of, kind of start winding down its run. Um, it kind of, you know, it filled that void that, you know, NBC wanted. But then I feel like, you know, we've had a few shows after Friends went off the air that have had good runs, but I don't think reached the same level that Friends did in terms of its popularity when it first came out. Um, you know, it was a lot of people always talked about it. Um, you know, obviously in the late, you know, the late 90s, you know, Jennifer Aniston's, you know, her hairdo, the Rachel, was, was such a big thing. Um, you saw a lot of women have that. Um, obviously, most of the cast would go on to have really good careers. Um, but again, I think this is unfortunately just kind of one of those shows that you know doesn't hold up really well. Um, just for whatever reason, it doesn't. Um, you know, it does have some decent writing and it's some good. You know, you do kind of get some good you know stories out of these characters. But I think for the most part, it does. Um, it is kind of it is overrated um in terms of you know memorable tv shows that were very um that were very popular when they first came out and um you actually had this on your mount rushmore as well yeah it was the first thing i thought of i'm not a big overrated guy for the reason is is because it generally becomes like tell me four things that you don't like but a lot of other people do you know and 
look at, I don't like when people tell me the things I like aren't good. So I try not to do that to other people, but that's the assignment today. Um, and this is the first show that came to mind. I just don't find it funny. Um, and the reason why I have it as my number one overrated show is because I feel like people who, who love it try to put it up there with Seinfeld and Cheers and All in the Family and The Simpsons and, you know, whatever top sitcom you want to name. And it's just, it's not in the same league as those. It's just not. Um, and it never made me laugh once, but I didn't. To be honest, it's, I just know it's not for me. I, I wasn't the person they were trying to reach. You know, it just, it's, I, I'm a try, I'm fighting it, but to me, it's for girls. It is. It's just, it's not for me. It's, shout out for using Yell Ledbetter on the last episode. But other than that, I think it stinks. And I would never spend a second watching it the rest of my life. So, I don't know, maybe that's harsh, but sorry. No, it's, I, no, like I said, you know, my mom was a big fan of it. So she was definitely writing that demo for it. So, um, but yeah. I could definitely, and that's but fine. yeah. Like, you know, I'm glad she likes it. It was for her. It was for her. You know what I mean? This was not for me. As Eddie Vedder once said, right? Not for you. This was not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, why don't you go ahead and give us the next entry on your Mount Rushmore of overrated TV shows? All right, this is another one I hate, so I might be harsh again here. But The Big Bang Theory is not funny. Those nerds are nothing but nerds. Uh, yeah, the hot one's hot, but she isn't that hot. Um, and there, it's just, it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's terrible. It's, oh, man, it's bad. It's so bad. Um, I, it's, oh, bad. Bad, 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 bad. Overrated. Anyone tells you this is their favorite show, tell them you'll meet them at Comic-Con later that month and walk the other way. This is, this is terrible nerd crap. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. Again, not for me. Um, I, I put Friends and Big Bang Theory on the list, walked away for a couple days, came back and finished it off because... They just, those are the two for me. Um, and then the other two, whatever, but those two, those stink. Again, harsh, I'm, I'm sorry, but it stinks. Mm, yeah, I I personally never really got the appeal of the show either. Um, yeah, I, I know it does have its, you know, it's fans um because it does appeal to, you know, the, you know, because the characters appeal to certain people, certain people. Um, and it it had again a long run, twelve seasons on uh, CBS. Oh. Um, it was one of its highest, one of the highest rate, its highest rated shows um, for so long. But um, but yeah, I think it's just one of the things where it's like you either you're either gonna really love it or you're gonna really hate it. And um, obviously, you're you said you're someone that hates it. I'm kind of just <laughs> indi- I'm more indifferent to it just because I, you know, just never really you know gotten into it maybe you know maybe I, if i had started watching it when it first came out maybe i you know would have gotten into it but um it's just one of those things that again i don't personally don't just get the appeal of it so um so i can see why you have it on yours um so i'll go ahead and give um my next entry on my mount rushmore and again this is another show that um just for whatever reason never appealed to me um the premise of it was just just seemed really kind of you know just weird um but i end up going and then this is actually another cbs show um and that's how i met your mother um you know obviously it was a great you know it was you know launched neil patrick harris um it was one of uh, allison hannigan's first big breaks before her 
before she got wait, started. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Relaunch Neil Patrick Harris. He was launched on Doogie Howser. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my yeah. So I forgot about that. My my apologies. Um, I yeah, that's. I didn't watch much Doogie Howser, so that's why so I forgot. Well, you got to remember, forgot I'm about old, that one. I'm old, Steve, and back in the '80s, I would watch that program. So I'd correct you there. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, I mean, he came out, you know, Doogie Hauser came out in 89. So, I mean, I was, well, I was with him at four at the time. So uh, probably would have been too, too young for it, but it, either yeah, way, yeah. But either way. Um, but yeah, just the whole premise of the show, just about, you know, about this guy trying, you know, kind of telling the story about how he, um, how he met, you know, this one woman. And I know, again, a lot of, pe- I think one of the other things is that um, a lot of people find shows to be, um, overrated when their series finale doesn't hit like it should. Oh, and this that's a one bad of, one. That's and this was one time bad one. Yeah. Mm-hmm, this was one of those. Um, so definitely. Um, but again, it's just one of those ones that um, just never really appealed to me. Um, again, good. It had a decent run, you know, nine seasons from 05 to 14. So, you know, kind of, it was, you know, at its peak when, um, when big bang theory came out, um, but again, just one of those ones that I just never, again, just never really got into, and just one that I don't know if I would want to go back and just watch because I feel like it does again one of those shows that just doesn't hold up, um, in the in the current day. So, um, and it did get its um did get a spinoff, um, How I Met Your Father. Horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't that barely lasted two seasons. So horrible. <laughs> didn't do yeah, obviously didn't um keep it up as well as it did. So, um, did you have anything else to say about How I Met Your Mother? Look at How I Met Your Mother was a good idea. Uh, that was reasonably executed. That fall victim to popularity. Right? I think when the creators of this show got it on the air, they had an idea for about four or five seasons. And then it was popular, so they had to have another season and another season and another season. And it just dragged and dragged and dragged. And it got to the point where, like, if they don't tell me who the fucking mother is, in the next 10 minutes, you know, I'm going to lose my mind. And then they told you, and it's like, you're kidding me. That's so stupid. That show stinks. Uh, if it would have ended around season five, uh, I could have rode with it, you know. But, and, and again, I got, I like, the, I, I'll stand up for the first couple of seasons, but, man, it just went on and on and on and on. And it's hurt by the fact that nobody likes Ted. And every show is hurt when nobody likes your your lead, and nobody liked Ted. I think that's pretty unanimous, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's another thing with these uh, with these shows that um tend to get overrated is like you said they go too long. So. Yep. Um, I think that's definitely a classic example of that. Um, so, um, all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and give us the next entry on your Matt Rushmore of overrated TV shows? All right, this one's interesting because it is by the creators of one of the shows on uh, my underrated list, Parenthood. Um, It's an NBC show, so again, apologies to your mother. It's called This Is Us, and I always told everyone, why would I watch that show? I saw it the first time when it was called Parenthood. Um, And to me, it is so ridiculous and so over the top. And it's one of these shows where the writers are like, we got to make everyone cry in the most ridiculous fashion. What should the show be tonight? It's like, well, you know how that one character is pregnant? Miscarriage. And you know how that one uh, 
character's been having back pains. Leukemia. And you know how that one character um, has been struggling at work? Fired. Like, it's just so extreme. And look at it. They made a beautiful show called Parenthood. And then they made a dud that for some ridiculous reason, housewives and other idiots liked. I have to say this. Like, better. It was a, high, a more higher rated show than Parenthood. Um, but it stinks. Um, it should have been canceled after episode two. Uh, so this is us overrated. Again, apologies to your mother if she liked this one. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. But um, but yeah, again, kind of sim- you know, I mean, just reading up on it because I I know of it, but again, I never really watched any episodes of it. Um, I mean, like you said, it pretty much is just looks like a, it's a carbon copy of Parenthood, and it's it's funny you kind of mentioned how um. Parenthood was, you know, came around at like the exact right time, um, prior to like, you know, the whole cultural, you know, yep. cultural and wars in that sense. Yep. And I just about yeah. you beat me to it. <laughs> yep. it's, it's like, you know, this is this is the um, this is pretty much, you know, like, you know, everyone talks about, you know, say like the whole like DEI, um, oh yeah, initatives. Yep. This is, is this yeah. is co- clearly a f- yeah. example of that. So um, it's so forced. It's so forced. It's it's nonsense. It's a nonsense show. Right. That's the, I think that's a lot of the problem that people have with it is like, you know, diversity is not a bad thing. Just don't, you know, don't force it down people's throats. Right. For, uh, diversity for the sake of diversity isn't good. You know, diversity because you have interesting characters that are living interesting lives that overlap with other cultures and things like that. Great. Bring it on. You know what I mean? But that's, this is so forced and so over the top and it's just, Watch Parenthood. Trust me, it's way better. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, don't sacrifice good writing and good characters for the sake of just checking off check bo- checking boxes. So Exactly. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go ahead and give uh, my next entry on my Mount Rushmore of overrated shows. And this is another one where uh might get some flack for this because I know it has its fans, but... um. One of those ones, again, that, I, I mean, I didn't watch, again, a lot of it just because it was on HBO. And, um, uh, I mean, it seemed like something that I think could ap- could appeal to me. But, again, one of those ones where the the end, the series ending really soured a lot of people on it. Um, and that's Game of Thrones. Um, another, you know, it was a you know, huge hit for you know, in the, the 2010s. Um, lasted for, you know, almost uh, eight seasons, you know, for eight seasons, um, you know. Again, just kind of, you know, tapped into a, you know, that, you know, m- you know, Middle Earth kind of, uh, not to steal from Lord of the Rings, but that, you know, culture. Um, you know, there were some, there were some really good characters in it. They had some good stories throughout, but I know, but again, a lot of people said that as the show went on, you know, it just kind of dragged on a little bit. And then, like we said, the 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 series finale for it again, you know, really made a lot of people upset. Um, and I know we've got the uh, this, the current um like the prequel currently uh, House of the Dragon is going on right now, and I know that's getting some uh, some good support. Um, but yeah, just another one of those shows that um you either again you either love it or you hate it. And again, since I can say I haven't seen a ton of it, I can't fall in in with one certain group. Um, my only main memory of this show was uh, when South Park did their three three episode parody of it. Um, talking about black friday so that's my one uh, that's my right. kind of my my take on uh, my kind of you know tie into this so um uh did you have anything else to say about game of thrones 
Yeah, I'm an HBO guy, okay? My grandparents used to call it Home Box. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I seen my first titties on HBO. You know what I mean? Like, it's in my heart. I love HBO, I do. But, and this show got so popular that I was like, all right, you know, what's the Bon Jovi song? Or the saying, right? 100 million people can't be wrong or whatever. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'll try this show out. All right, first problem. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, okay? I don't know anyone's name. I can't understand anything. You're watching it, and it's like this cool medieval show, and then all of a sudden, this one girl walks into fire, and you're like, oh, well, she's dead. You know, that's too bad. And then she just comes walking out the other side, you know, and you're like, what? And it makes no sense. And this one season they had on The Ringer, uh, HBO, uh, Bill Simmons had a relationship with HBO, and The Ringer did like an after show. And I would watch the episode. I watched these after shows and these nerds would be on there talking about it. And they're like, do you remember these people that were in this one scene in season three? And I'd be like, nope. And they'd be like, and you remember how they did this and said that? And I'd be like, nope. And they'd be, they'd be explaining it to me. And I just realized I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this show. Then the last season is supposed to be like seven hour and a half mini movies. It's going to be the most epic thing. They had one episode, Steve, that is so dark, I I couldn't see a thing. I couldn't see it. I don't know what they showed. And the people online were like, no, dummy, you just got to adjust the brightness and the contrast on your TV. It's like, what? Like, I have a $2,000 4K 70-inch TV. Like, what do you mean I got to adjust the contrast? Fuck off. I ain't doing that. It's ridiculous. And here again, a victim of its popularity. Because when the show was about the books and went along with the books, I could see the appeal. I got excited about some of the storylines. When they got past the books and it was some jabronis in Hollywood in a room, right, like writing someone else, writing the end of someone else's vision, it fell apart and stunk. That last season is, I remember I told you the Americans might have the best last season of all time. There's no doubt in my mind, Game of Thrones has the worst, horrible, horrible stuff. And again, if for nothing else, then I consider myself a pretty smart guy. I have no idea what the fuck happened in this show. I have no idea. Don't even ask me. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they were saying. I don't know who they are. I don't know who's related to who. And it, I proved it when I was watching that after show. And these people will be talking circles around me. Like I was in like a, you know, like a fifth year med, medical school class or something. And I'm like, listen, I was a communication major. I don't know about surgery. Like, that's how it made me feel. And um, I don't appreciate that. So, yeah, that show sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, one of those shows that I've always kind of went back and forth on. Do I just want to go back and just kind of watch it just to no. give it a chance? Or no. Nope. <laughs> no. I know there's a lot of other shows that I do kind of, I would probably think of yep. to go kind of rewatch first. So, um, yeah. but yeah, we'll, we'll, again, something I'll have to keep in the back of my head. Um, all right. Well, you have one entry left on your Mount Rushmore of overrated shows. So let us know what it is. All right. And here's the thing about this show. I have a completely different tone. I love this show. I really do. I think this is a really great show. Um, I think it's maybe in the top 50 of all time reason I say it's overrated is because people try to put it on the Mount Rushmore. They try to say it's a Sopranos. They try to say it's a Mad Men, a Wire, uh, Justified, um, Americans, whatever the shows are. You know, if you want to add sitcoms in here, the Cheers, the Simpsons, 
people try to put it on that level and it's not it's not that good it's 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 very good but it's not it's not in the elite it's not Gretzky you know it's not Jordan you know but there's people in the Hall of Fame that weren't as good at hockey as Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux or Bobby Orr that's okay you don't have to be that good to be a Hall of Famer and that's this show Breaking Bad um it's a Hall of Fame show but it's not one of the four best shows in the Hall of Fame. It's not one of the 10 best. It's probably not one of the 20 best. You know, it's somewhere after that. Um, and I think the reason, the number one reason is at some point, it became an action movie. It went from being a drama to an action movie. Um, and that's cool, but the dramas are the top. And the action stuff is below. You know, like, you know, uh, a mob drama like Goodfellas is all-time great. You know, uh, True Lies is a great Arnold movie, but it's it's not going to reach those heights. It, this show is good, but it has its best, like that second or third last episode, one of the best hours of television ever. It, it has that level in it. Um, but again, maybe a, a victim of its of its own popularity here, um, where maybe it went a little longer than I think they originally planned. Um, and they had to kind of write themselves. They had to write maybe 20 more episodes than they planned on. Um, and by the way, um, Better Call Saul is better. So there's that too. But I like Breaking Bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just not. It's not Mount Rushmore territory. If we were doing a Mount Rushmore TV shows, I wouldn't even consider it. So that's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I've again. This is another show I've. I, I did hear a lot about when it came out. Um, now this was, one you should watch if you haven't. You should watch it. It's a good ride. It's a good show. It is. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. I mean, I may have seen like one or two episodes of it. Um, just I mean, where I was, I didn't have. You know, I didn't just watch a lot of AMC, so it just kind of slipped through the cracks for me. Um, yeah. It, it does seem like it is a, I mean, I've heard obviously a lot of really good things about it. Um, it does hold up really well. Like you said, um, it did spawn Better Call Saul, which many thought, including you, is is better. Um, I, I do get, you get it why I think people do kind of overrate it um, in terms of thinking it's one of the greatest of all, shows of all time when it's probably doesn't deserve that that as of yet. I mean, it's only been, I mean, it's only been off the air now for 10 years, so um I do think, you know, maybe maybe down the line, depending on how television goes, maybe it'll eventually get there at some point. But um no. but I do but I do think if, if it does, it does have a ways to go. So um Yeah, and, and I think this show had a moment culturally that we might not see again. You know, I think that this show really got popular around season three. And then when season four started, people were caught up and everybody watched it together on Sunday nights. It was one of the few shows in the Twitter era that had a moment culturally that everyone was watching. Especially if you take the the it's something like the um, Chicago Bulls documentary during the pandemic, you know that like every sports fan watched live because there was nothing else to watch. Or what was that goofy Tiger show? Was another example of that during the pandemic. Like Tiger take, King, yeah, yeah. If you take those out of the equation because that's such a special circumstance, Breaking Bad kind of was the last show that everyone watched together like that, and it happened in the Twitter era, um, which I think is part of the reason it's overrated too because people think back to the cultural importance in the moment. Um, but if you stack it up against some of the shows that were all-time great when there was 12, 13, 14 potential all-time greats, like 
you know, Sopranos, when it came to Emmy season, had to go up against, you know, the West Wing. You know, The Wire never won a Grammy, or a Grammy. Fuck me, that's music. Uh, never won an Emmy, uh, excuse me, because it was Battle and Sopranos and West Wing, right? There was times where the, the bench was deep uh, and Breaking Bad hit in a moment where the bench was shallow, especially for a show that had the reach culturally that it did. So, look, it's a good show. I like it. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just overrated because people try to tell me it's better than Sopranos or, oh, it's a top four show or this. No, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. It's someone who gets into the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee or in their last year of eligibility with 75.1% of the vote. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's not Mariana Rivera who was unanimous to the Hall of Fame. You know, it's someone like, uh, Fred McGriff, who barely got in, you know, so, and there's nothing wrong with that. Still in the Hall of Fame. Still great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll go ahead and give my last entry on my Mount Rushmore and um, kind of interesting. Um, all those shows that we've talked about to this point um, on both the underrated and overrated have all of all shows that are now no longer on the air. Um, but my sh- last show on here is a show that is still on the air. Um and again, kind of one of those where it's been on for a very long time, uh, one of the longest running shows on television. And it's it is still one of my favorite shows of all time. But I do can see the argument why people would think it is overrated. And I did go with The Simpsons. Um, I yeah, I mean, like I said, I I mean, I love The Simpsons. I remember I've watched it, you know, since it came out in, you know, in the, the 90s. Um, that was, you know, Sunday night was my, you know, that was my big thing watching uh watching The Simpsons on TV with my family. Um, you know, continued, you know, watching it throughout the years. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people have obviously said that, you know, after like like season 8 or 9, it's, you know, started the the quality started to dip. Um, and again, I do can see that argument because I do think some of those later those later seasons are um, are not as as good. Um, I do remember watching the movie when it came out in 07, which I did enjoy. Um, great, and, great, uh-huh. great movie experience. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I mean, just it's one of those shows again, it's just continues to stand the test of time, even with all these new shows coming out against it. It still does really good ratings. Um, obviously, now with it being on Disney Plus, it you know can you know, attract a whole new, um, a whole new audience, um, should maybe have ended its run a while ago, maybe, um, you know, again, one of those things, has it, has it been too on too long? Has it, you know, you know, wore out its welcome? Um, I do think, you know, it still can produce, like I said, good laughs, it still can produce good moments, um, but again, I do see the argument for pe- why people would consider it overrated. Um, you know, again, maybe just because for the fact that it maybe people think it's just been on the air too long and it should have ended, you know, a while ago. But um, I- I'm still obviously always gonna gonna watch it. Um, I do watch it every now and then, you know, either on TV or on Disney Plus, especially those older episodes. Um, and I'll still always, you know have a good love for it in my heart. But again, I do see the argument from people why they would think it is overrated. So um, did you have anything else to say about the Simpsons? Yeah, I think you got caught up here listening to other people, Steve. I think maybe we got to talk to you, talk to you about leadership because I'm listening to you <laughs> describe why it's overrated and you're just telling me why it's properly rated. Uh, here's the thing. I separate shows from 
hour-long dramas to half-hour sitcoms. I don't think you can properly assess them together. And The Simpsons, no matter how you slice it, is a top five sitcom of all time. And if you want to take animated shows and put them in a separate category, it's a top five animated show of all time. You know, if you want to make a category about families, it's probably in the top five. You want, I mean, has it been on too long? Yeah, sure. Is it as good as it used to be? No. Uh, but nobody now is telling anyone that The Simpsons that airs new episodes on Sunday on Fox is the show it used to be. I don't think anyone has that opinion. Um, I think people will tell you this is one of the best shows of all time. Uh, it, yeah, probably has maybe went too long, um, but still finds a way to make people laugh on Sundays, and that's fine. And um, it's, I mean, I remember when it debuted, and these Bart Simpson shirts were like the hot thing, but you could you, you get in trouble if you wore them at school, you know, like, and it, it was a show about Bart until it became a show about Homer, you know, and um, no, I think it's, I think the only way to grade it is one of the all-time great shows, um, and I think even if your problem with it, I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's been on too long. Yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. But even if you take the last 10, ep- 10 years of episodes, punt them into the river, and say you have to evaluate the show without them, I say it's a top five show of all time. If you say, no, you have to keep those 10 episodes and rate it with those included, I'll still say it's top 10, top five of all time. So I think, Steve, I think you got to focus on your leadership skills. I think you got caught up following people there. And I don't, you know, I don't want that to translate to the schoolyard because the next thing you know, you're going to be smoking and uh, drinking <laughs> and it could be a crack addiction in your future. I know you're out in Vegas at Sin City. There's a lot of uh, pitfalls out there and I don't want to see that happen to you. So I'll talk to you <laughs> off air about that. Um, but I think that is a perfectly rated show. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, again, I. I am with you. I think it is like a, one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, so I do think I would think that, and I do do think it is. You know, like I said, when you think about one of the you know in terms of like animated shows, it's one of the greatest. Sitcoms is one of the greatest. I mean, when we did exactly. our uh, when we did our greatest uh, sitcom tournament um, several years ago here on uh, PTB, um, I believe that actually won. So. Um, ah. <laughs> Here's what you do, Steve. Whoever got that idea in your head, let them put it on their list. Because clearly you don't think it's an overrated show. So I don't know why it ended up on your list. All right, let's say my, my dear, close, personal friend, uh, someone who I could see not liking because he, he's overall going to be miserable. But he's a dear, personal friend of mine, Ryan Gray. Let's see, he was on the show. And he felt this way. Let him put it on his list, Steve. It's okay. All right, I won't let him put you in a figure four leg lock or anything. Why don't you come up with another one? Do you have another? We're crossing that one off your list. So you only got three right now. Why don't you elevate one of your one of your honorable mentions onto your list? So I'm not, and we're gonna let the other people put that on your list. Go ahead. So what one do you want to elevate from your honorable mentions? Um. <laughs> uh. Well, I also did. I actually did have Breaking Bad as well. So there you go. All mentioned. right, that's so. number four on your list. All right, good job. Now we got Breaking Bad. <laughs> Simpsons. We're gonna drop down. What else do you got for uh, honorable mention, Steve? <laughs> oh God. Um. Well, I mean, that does conclude our list. So yeah, I do have a couple of honorable mentions, and I know again some of these may be a bit um not favored. I know um 
Um, one in, a couple like one in particular I know uh, you know might upset our our buddy JT. Um, I did have Seinfeld as an honorable mention. Um, Craziness, crazy talk. One of the best ever. Go ahead, next. <laughs> uh, well, again, I know a lot of people. It, some say it doesn't well, you know, hold up as well. And and plus, I I mean, I I was too young to watch it, so I, I wouldn't have you know been right. a. And know, again, I'm old. Pocket, so. I'm the old guy on this show here. <laughs> Let me tell you, that show's great and perfectly curated. What do you get? What else you got? Um, another show that, um, again, maybe you know, hit or miss with some people. Saved by the Bell. Um, okay. Yeah, it's still pretty good, but all right, I can see. Well, I mean, again, that's one of those ones I think you know. Crazy about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one I think is again one of those ones that might ruffle some feathers, but again, I maybe for me, I just didn't you know, just didn't get into it at the time um the fresh fruits the fresh prince of bel-air um okay good theme song though yeah good theme song and it did you know it did launch will smith so um it does have that and i know everyone loves you know uncle phil you know rest in peace to him um mm. um but again it gives this one of those that didn't you know for me at least just didn't appeal to me um that's fine uh, another Another cartoon that um, has been on, that's still on the air, that again, I think maybe lost some luster. Um, probably not at the same level as The Simpsons, but um, SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, you know, when it came out in 99, it was, you know, really big. Um, really big throughout the 2000s. You know, everyone was quoting SpongeBob, quoting Patrick. Um, but again, I think one of those ones that over time has, you know, lost a lot of its luster and probably should have, you know, ended a while ago. Um did spawn a couple of movies, but um, but again, one of those ones I think just kind of maybe lasted too long. Um, another cartoon I had, um, kind of you know, but again, this one's more about personal tastes. Um, Family Guy. Um, I know that's the show that not a lot of people like because of the style of its style. It's just you know a bunch of cutaway jokes. Um, again, yeah, it's I just st- joke, 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 joke. Right? That's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's but fine. I mean, one of the few shows that got, you know, that got canceled, but yeah, ended up, uh, but was, re- but DVDs was revived, you know, revived. Yeah. So, um, so, so many and, people bought the DVDs. They brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. And it was on, um, Cartoon Network's The Adult Swim. And it got a lot of, uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, good ratings on that too. So that's why, so again, another reason why Fox brought it back. So, um, yeah. but yes, yeah, so those were, those were my, um, those were my honorable mentions. All right, fair enough. A couple of those, all right, I get. But listen, I, I just I think the takeaway here tonight is we just want to focus on leadership, okay? And we want to remember, don't let anyone bully you. You know what I mean? Make sure you, good posture. Make sure you always have good posture. You know what I mean? Don't let anyone trick you into like, you know, putting a, a PS5 on your Christmas list if you were like Xbox. You want to be an Xbox guy? I'd be an Xbox guy. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. Well, I know that um, I know you didn't have any honorable mentions on your list, but did um, nah. but did you want to see if anything came to mind? Um, came to mind. I, I, I want to be. I, I feel like I've doled out the, a proper amount of anger and hate. I think I'm gonna cut it there. I think I'm done healing tonight. <laughs> Okay, well, um, well, with that, that will uh, bring an end to this episode. Um, it was a lot whoa, of fun. Whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. What about my plugs? Are I going to tie the plug stuff? I was just about to say, um, right. do you have anything you want to plug and where everyone yes, can find I you do. on social media? <laughs> yes, I do. 
my main vehicle is, of course, the Sportscasters podcast, uh, finishing up, what, season 14 this month. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at sports underscore casters, sportscasters at gmail.com. We had Joe Buck a couple weeks ago, Kenny Albert this week, and finishing strong with our annual interview of John Wertheim, the executive editor of Sports Illustrated, of course, on 60 Minutes. Uh, so look for that. You can find us on soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. Wherever you listen to podcasts, at Sportscasters on Instagram as well. And check out my side project, me and Hollywood Dave Rollins. Find it on SoundCloud uh, as well, the Sportscasters feed there. You don't have to subscribe to a few different things. At 24-inch podcast on Twitter. Um, and I wanted to mention one other place to be thing I did as part of Cronoso. You go to the North-South uh, Connection YouTube page. Uh, Scott Criscolo and I did a video on the Mega Powers exploding at the main event, too, uh, for Cronoso. It's a spinoff of our uh, popular arguments on episode 518 of the Place to Be Nation. Um, and we wrote, we, we, wrote, we wrote it back. And uh, the main thing I want you to know about that going in is that the Macho Man was, is, and will always be someone who tried to murder Ricky Steamboat with a ring bell. Uh, so just remember that uh, when you have any thoughts on the Macho Man. Those are my plugs. Please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because that's the one memory everyone wants of the Macho Man is that he, he nearly murdered Ricky Steamboat. Um, yep, yeah, and he was trying to murder him, just for the record. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, as for me, you can usually find me on um, on this feed, not just with this show, but also with uh, the video jukebox song of the day, um, where – it's usually that's right now that's me, Andy, and Keith. We're watching. Uh, we watch music videos. Um, kind of do kind of short form podcasts on that. Um, I also have uh, Pop Goes the Classics with Andy as well as Miranda Berthold, where we're going through all the Disney oh, animated hold on, films. Hold on, hold on, hold on, you're going too fast. I got to ask you a question. Have you done the 18 in Life Skid Row video yet? Uh, I haven't. I would have to go back in the archives to see if either Andy or Keith or somebody else okay. did. Okay. Ask Andy because I know he's old like me. Okay, I want you to track that one down, or I remember you as a decent video too, although 18 in Life is more fun. This way you can get more acquainted with the great Sebastian Bach, a 19-year-old kid when he sang those songs after coming from Toronto to New Jersey. Um, And by the way, uh, I know you said you're a big Bon Jovi fan. Bon Jovi discovered Skid Row. Um, So that in mind, check that out um, as part of that great, jukebox series i request that's a request steve go ahead you and miranda i'm sorry sorry no that's fine no i'll definitely like i said i'll have to go back in the archives to see if anybody did that one so um but yes um pop goes the classics that's me andy miranda we're going through all the disney animated films our most recent episode we did lilo and stitch which was fun um so our next one uh which will be the first of uh of 2024 we will discuss treasure planet as we're kind of hitting this little like lull in the 2000s there for Disney. So those are going to be some interesting films to talk about. Um, you mentioned, um, of course, Cronoso over on the North-South Connection. Um, I was also on that same episode um, while you and Scott discussed um, the twi- the uh, Mega Powers uh, Twin Towers epi- match of the main event two. I took a look at the Hercules Ted DiBiase match from that show. Um, so be sure to um, check that out as well as everything else on um, North South Connection. And um, if you are not subscribed yet to the YouTube uh, channel of North South, please do so. The uh, we do a lot of great stuff over there. Um, with both video and audio, so please uh, be sure to uh, get involved with that. Um, 
of course, over on the wrestling feed, uh, myself and James Gruberg, we have Extreme Resurrection, where we're going through uh, WWE's version of ECW from 2006 to 2010. Uh, we are currently in the summer of 2007, um, off the heels of the Great American Bash. Uh, Johnny Nitro is now John Morrison. He's still um, in the midst of his feud with CM Punk as we are beginning the build to SummerSlam. Uh, we're also continuing to see the uh, the building up of Big Daddy V and The Miz. Um, so be sure to um, to check those um, check those up those shows out. And um, I will also say that I was on a recent episode of the Place to Be podcast with Scott and JT um, as part of their new uh, little format they have going on, the Making Towns. Um, mm. I was on. We discussed the uh, history of wrestling in Las Vegas, um, and we also live watched the Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio uh, match from Halloween Havoc '97. So. Um, mm. Great match. Um, so please be sure to um to get you know follow that as well as everything else on the wrestling feed. Um, and of course also be sure to uh, follow us on the PTP Facebook group. Um, our current um, our tournament that was going on over the summer, the greatest song of the 2000s, has concluded. Um, congratulations. Yes, uh, congratulations. Horrible. <laughs> uh, well. N- Nonetheless, uh, Eminem's Lose Yourself did end, end up winning the tournament. It beat out uh, 50 Cent's in the club very decisively, yeah, I might yeah, add, to, uh, <laughs> to win the tournament. Um, okay, well, um, what would you say is the greatest song of the 2000s? I don't know, but like, Hit Me Baby one more time. Like, who who are the voters? A bunch of 12-year-old girls voting? Like, Hit Me Baby one more Like, come on. Garbage. I, I, I only vote, voted for rock songs when they were up against rap or pop songs um i didn't vote in the final four that was all garbage to me what's the greatest song of the 2000s i mean for me it's probably sirens by pearl jam uh, maybe light years by pearl jam maybe sad by pearl jam although that technically well i guess it's 2000 99 2000 somewhere in there uh it's not britain spears though that's for sure uh, <laughs> holy hell uh, but oh, I wanted to mention I'll be making the towns as well, Steve. After Christmas, uh, we will do a Buffalo, and you can learn about the tragic moment at age seven when I watched Ricky Steamboat lose the Intercontinental Title right in front of me to the Honky Tonk Man. And I'll find, you can find out what what it was my dad did to get me to stop crying 45 minutes after the match ended. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. You did say that you were um, you were at that taping, so um... yeah, devastating, a devastating day in my life. Still, still, probably, honestly, I've had a horrible health the last twenty years, four bowel resections. So I've been septic. I've been in the ICU. Still, one of the five worst days of my life was that that day right there. Mm. So, yeah. right, well, we do. Uh, well, I will definitely look forward to that episode. Um, so, Had with that. yes of course so um with that we will go ahead and wrap it up here um thank you steve for coming on this was um it was a lot of fun to uh to talk some really good uh tv shows so yeah um, thank you so thank you so much um and thank you to everyone who have um, who've been listening, not just tonight, but throughout the year of uh, 2023. And like I said, it was a really good year. Uh, and oh, we look forward to seeing what 2024 is going to bring, not just for this show, but for everything across all the all the uh, PTV feeds. Um, it's going to be a really good year. So for Steve Bennett, I am Steve Riddle. This has been Making Matt Rushmore here on the PTV Pop Experience. And we will see you in 2024.